This podcast is brought to you by StoryKingBooks.com. Sign up to receive a free copy of my latest ebook novella, Kane's Confession. If you would like to learn how to support this show, visit www.patreon.com forward slash the Story King. And now for today's episode. Welcome to the Story King Podcast, the show all about fiction, film, and form. I'm your host, John Carlo, and today's guest is known as the man of a thousand voices, Joel Gibbs. With a repertoire that includes over a hundred celebrity impressions, along with an endless variety of cartoon, character, dialect, and narrator voices, Joel Gibbs' award-winning work has been heard in more than 40,000 projects worldwide, including broadcast, digital audio, corporate and educational narration, medical and compliance tutorials, audiobooks, IVR prompts, animation, e-learning, on-hold messaging, movie trailers, video games, podcasts, political ads, ringtones, and countless other applications for agencies, studios, websites, stations, advertisers, and companies everywhere, including thousands of radio and TV commercials that have aired over the decades for virtually every imaginable retail and service category. He's provided tons of voiceovers for big companies like Toyota, Hershey's, Netflix, and many more. I'm very excited about today's conversation. Here is my interview with Joel Gibbs. Hey, Joel Gibbs. Hi, John Carlo. How are you? Welcome to the Story King podcast. It's my pleasure to be here with you. Don't worry. Awesome. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So really <laughs> good. excited. You're a different kind of guest for me. <laughs> uh, that might be the nicest thing anybody said to me yet today. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take any compliment I can get if, if that's what it was. But <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. So... Let's get right into it. You know, before I even ask any questions, uh, can I hear some impressions? Do you mind? Absolutely. Uh, are you going to throw them at me or, or is it uh, like dealer's choice? How does that work? Let, let me throw some at you. Sure. Go right ahead. All right. Let's start off with Darth Vader. Darth Vader. What would he say? He would say, um, you weren't on any mercy mission, princess. Several transmissions were beamed down to the ship by rebel spies or something like that. <laughs> nice. All right. What about Sean Connery? Uh, of course. Uh, Sean Connery. Goldfinger. Do you expect <laughs> me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expected that I can do the entire screenplay. If necessary. <laughs> <laughs> Marlon Brando from The Godfather. I have a sentimental weakness uh, for my children. I spoil them, as you can see. Uh, they speak when they should talk, Mr. Salat. So I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's have Austin Powers and Dr. Evil talking to each other, something. Oh, really, baby? Yeah. You've, you've got to come out of your evil lair. No, really, Mr. Powers. I'll do that when I do throw me a freaking burn. Honestly, really. <laughs> Fun, all right, isn't it? <laughs> it is fun. <laughs> well, what's our right, last one? Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes, this is not a tumor. You must remember that always and forever. And I'll be back. I'll be back. <laughs> nice. <laughs> awesome. All these people living in my head, man. Right, you know? right. <laughs> they're, they're, they're just all there. 
they're all there. All right. Now, now I can hear your story. How did you get into this line of work? Where did it all begin? Ah, well, it started out as a child. Uh, well, literally, it, it, it all really started. I've, I've taken my life of avocations and turned it into one big vocation. It's mm. never stopped since the time I had a conscious thought. But the, the actual story of where the voices came from, well, you know, bottom line is I really have no idea where that came from. You know, some <laughs> guys can throw a football 60 yards down the field and some can cure, you know, uh, 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 the COVID-19. And right. you know, everybody's got some sort of innate ability, sometimes unexplainable. But the real seed of it started with my fascination. I was about four years old. And um, this is before your time. But the most famous children's entertaining ventriloquist mm. uh, on television at that time in the 50s was a guy named Paul Winchell. Now, you may not recognize that name. He was a huge, huge star on television. And inevitably, once the 60s rolled around um, and there was no, you know, no show left anymore on TV, he became one of the preeminent, along with Mel Blanc, voiceover artists for Hanna-Barbera. He did the, vo well, he did the, for Disney, he did Tigger all the classic Winnie the Pooh things and mm. Dick Dastardly and Gargamel and all these voices, the scrubbing bubbles guy rolling around the toilet and the commercials. Anyway, I was so fascinated by this when I was a little boy. I, I just was drawn into everything that he was doing, like it was a tractor beam just sucking me in. And uh, I would spend hours in front of a mirror trying to do the alphabet like this a d c d e f g h i j k you know that sort of thing right and you know i think i once caught my parents in the mirror just kind of holding each other and thinking what's wrong with this child yeah. <laughs> what is right. but but i had so many dummies puppets marionettes this that whatever that i was assigning a personality and a voice of my own uh, of my own invention to each of these characters mm -hmm. and sort of consciously yet unconsciously or subconsciously was developing this, I call it a gift because I'm very blessed to have it, this ability that I have to channel all these voices and, and change this up. So by the time I was six, I was a pretty well accomplished ventriloquist and, um, but then, you know, you start to get older and you go into junior high and you start imitating the teachers right right <laughs> uh, this one and that one and and then you know inevitably i went i'll be damned everybody thinks i'm fairly dead on with these voices there must be something to this so that was kind of the genesis of of the voice ability even though i had no idea what the hell i was doing you know so. now did you ever do anything professional as far as like vent ventriloquy well i i for a while there for about a 10-year period from the time i was in my teens until i was already married and uh, had our first child i was the area's number one busiest kids party entertainer <laughs> so it was in full clown regalia and i had the puppets and dummies and magic and all this sort of stuff and for about 10 years i didn't have a weekend off unless i took it off it was hmm. uh, while all my other friends were making, you know, a dollar ten flipping burgers at McDonald's. Uh, I was pulling in cash on the weekends, like a hundred bucks, man. Right. I was fat, <laughs> I was fat. <laughs> until I got married, had children, et cetera, et cetera, and all the money went away. But yes, professionally, I I basically did that for for some time. 
Yeah. Now, out of curiosity, what's technically going on when you do these impressions? Or, or do you even know? Like, is it something you do with your throat? Can it even be taught? I, I've been asked that question before. I don't believe it can be taught. I, okay. I, for me, for me personally, you know, I, I called it a gift. It's really an, an unexplainable ability to do something. What's going on? It's it in, in obviously it has everything to do with my voice, but for me, it's more I hear something and then there's like a translator and it goes into my vocal cords. That doesn't mean I can do any voice that I want because that is absolutely not the case. There's so many voices that I wish I could have done and so forth over the years, but it's always been my opinion that there's very little worse than a bad impression. You know, you hear right. it on the radio or in a commercial or whatever, and 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 it it's like you either gotta you either gotta know you can do it or don't do it because right. you're gonna you're gonna embarrass yourself. But yeah, I I I don't. It's the same thing with ventriloquism. I I couldn't teach anybody uh, to do it. You just kind of do it or you don't do it. Uh, you know, I, right. I, I don't know where it comes from, but uh, I'm in charge of the goofy stuff. My card. You know, that's <laughs> that's my job now you said there are certain voices you can't do so how do you know you can't do a voice like if you hear a certain voice do you give it a shot or do you know right away like like i'm not gonna be able to do that voice i know almost right away okay uh, the, the ones that, that come to my mind are a lot of the president's voices mm. i've been i had done nixon the first bush you know old man bush mm -hmm. clinton clinton was like a cottage industry for right in, in the <laughs> 90s between the dress and you know monica Lewinsky and everything else i was doing clinton like mad and then along came the younger bush and obama and the former occupant and i could never i just never get their voices there wasn't much demand for them quite frankly the way there was up up through clinton who i did quite extensively mm. uh but but you know it always like damn just can't get a lock on those guys and oh well such is life somebody else is going to do them right right so you have tried them though some of them oh yeah i i had tried some of them and it was like yeah i knew right away i just i i i couldn't either i couldn't hear it i think it starts with being able to hear it and understand what i need to do hmm. with my voice to translate that um and it just you know instantly gone right know. oh well Oh well. <laughs> so when well, a track, wait, I'm sorry. Well, go wait ahead. Until, wait and wait until you like Arnold is reelected again as president, and then I'm I'm fat. I'm, I'm <laughs> right. in good shape. I'm good. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. You were asking. Well, what attracts you to a certain voice? What kind of practice and time does it take to master an impression, or is it something you kind of got right away? Yeah, that's really what it is. I, I, okay. I, it, it may sound a little puffy. To say that, I don't mean it that way, but it's like I, I either hear it and can almost instantly do it, or I don't. It's it's really just kind of black and white uh, gotcha. that way. I, I'm, I've been fortunate enough to be able to collect around 100 plus, you know, specific celebrity voices over the years, but then again then there's characters and cartoons and dialects and and whatever you know somebody may contact me and say well we're doing a video game and we need an old wizard mm. 
And it's like, oh, is he British? Is he old? And, you know, sort of. <laughs> right. And picturing Gandalf, but maybe older, you know, that sort of thing. And it's like, sure. And then, and in the next breath, somebody will probably be asking me to do a barnyard animal or something. I don't know. But, you know, <laughs> what the heck? You give it a shot. You give it a shot. Right. <laughs> do you have a personal favorite impression that you do? Yeah, I think it's it's uh it's The Godfather. I mean, it's mm. my number it's my number one film. I'm kind of a Godfather historian. Um and and it's likely the voice that more that I've done in more projects, at least as a celebrity voice. Mm. I've probably done in more projects whether it's commercials or on hold messaging or or documentary stuff or animation or whatever. And because everybody can you know, there are certain there are voices I do of people who are from a long, long time ago that another generation or two have no idea who this is. But The Godfather is iconic. So everybody right. knows that everybody can generally relate to it and recognize it. So that's it's been popular. And uh, and and as I as I can watch the film for the thousandth time, turn off the sound to do karaoke for the entire three hours for everybody's voice. It's it's that's my fun, you know. Right. Guess I'm practicing a little bit when I'm doing that, but I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I find myself doing that too. I found my like an, the other night it was on, and uh, I turned the sound down, and I just wanted to see if I could, you know, lip sync to the whole thing. And what can I say? It worked out fine. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome, and and I'm all you notice. I'm always tempted to go method. You know, if I'm doing it, all of a sudden I'm doing the gestures, and you know, right? You get into but, character. Yeah, that's that's a key thing. Uh, quite frankly, doing the voice, you you for me at least, you 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 uh, you visualize mm. and 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 kind of channel the character as best as you can, and hope that the results will be acceptable. Right now, your get your gifting is definitely out of the box. So how much artistic license does your line of work afford you? Is there a lot of improvisation? You know, when you get a job, are you allowed to say, you know, why doesn't he say this or that? Because yeah, you know what I mean? Well, most most of the of the voiceover work is almost entirely based on some form of script. Mm. Um and and if you're and if someone wants me to do the Godfather, they're expecting a line somewhere that says about an offer I can't refuse. Or if you're talking about Arnold, you know, it's I'll be back and I'll terminate you and all all this sort of so so that's what people want. If they're asking me to do celebrity voices, they're looking for the lines themselves. You can't mm -hmm. do you can't do Bugs Bunny without saying, hey, what's up, Doc? You know, you you, you, right. you, gotta, you gotta throw that in, you know. <laughs> but yeah, not the um the uh, artistic license or improv usually comes in just you know hanging out and goofing around you know let less in in recording and delivering what's you know needed for the right yeah. now you said you know you get into character so do you consider yourself a, an actor so a voice actor is that basically what you consider yourself or is that too limited no i i mean it's it's i think it's a a reasonable description um you know i i definitely am acting quite frankly even if i'm doing a a narration in a in a straight voice there there's still acting involved because re reading a piece of copy whether it's funny or whether it's straight or whatever it really is like reading a piece of music you're looking at the words and there are highs and there are lows and there are words you emphasize and whatever if, if i had a you know piece of copy that said um 
why not see the friendly folks at John Carlo Furniture? They have nice chairs and ta you know, no one's going to listen to that. But but you've got to you've got to dramatize it a little bit to make it you know kind of come alive. So it definitely is is acting for sure, and I, I I'm I'm comfortable you know saying that. It sounds a little foo foo to call me a voice vocal artist. <laughs> no, although I'd prefer artiste. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so call me what you want. Um, you know, it's it's cool. Piggybacking on that question, I'm interested on your thoughts about how voices and impressions contribute to storytelling. Because obviously, you kind of just said it, but if you can elaborate a little bit, well, I think I I I have been known uh, for decades as the guy that writes and produces and voices. They they call theater of the mind especially when it comes to radio commercials. I like the idea of taking people on a 30 or a 60 second little journey, a little mini movie and, 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 and act it all out. It, it really is, it really is storytelling. You, you know, you, your word. Um, and I think it's, it's a very, I think it's a very key thing because it's, it's all about the ear. It's all about imagination. If you're, especially if you're, if you're listening to radio, um, or, or a podcast or whatever. Um, it's, it's not going to be very interesting unless you are kind of storytelling. That's, that's really what it's all about when it comes right down to it. Hey everybody, I hope you're enjoying this episode. I just wanted to take the opportunity to let you know about a brand new resource I recently published. If you're interested in starting your own podcast, I've created an ebook called Launch Your Podcast Like a Pro that walks you through all the little details of producing and launching your own show. So for less than $5, you can own this resource by visiting storykingbooks.com or amazon.com. Those links will be in the show notes. And now back to today's episode. So tell me some of the kinds of work and opportunities then your talent has been able to get you. Well, let's see. As I said, radio and television commercials, uh, movie trailers, video games, phone prompts, animation, e-learning, digital webisodes, you know, wherever. One of the lucky things these days is that in the old days, it used to just be largely radio and television, but with the advent of, of the internet and, and digital and everything else, there are so many more venues where you can stick a voice. Uh, so that I've been lucky in that, that it's like, oh, well, now let's use this old wizard for uh, this digital ad or or this vocal email that I'm going to blast out or or whatever. I don't charge friends to do this, but I've had people hire me professionally to punk a friend or, or a colleague and uh that's that's been that that's that's actually where you get into the improv because <laughs> you know somebody supplies you with uh, a cheat sheet with a bunch of factoids uh, you know about the person in case you want to use it or refer to <laughs> it but uh for for me uh, the the one i remember most was just arbitrarily walking into a colleague's office I was just dropping something off and he said, you know, wait, 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 I've got a buddy who owns a recording studio in Texas and everybody that knows me knows that I'm deeply mentally preoccupied with the Beatles. I, I, I am, I, I proclaim the self-proclaimed 
because some people might argue with me, but the self-proclaimed most passionate, insane Beatle maniac that walks the face <laughs> of the earth. Uh, I have been doing Lennon and McCartney's voices for many, many years. And mm. this guy said, we got to call my buddy in Texas as Paul McCartney. <laughs> and I thought, okay, you know, for, for a minute, you know, just to mess around. So 30 minutes later, I'm, I'm just doing this whole thing and talking to him about playing the bass and what I bought the first thing and how I wrote this song and that song and all that. And a half hour has gone by and I'm feeling guilty as hell because this <laughs> guy is buying it a hundred percent. And all I can concentrate on is, well, it's like, gee, I, I guess I'm sounding kind of authentic or is he this stupid? I, I don't know which it is. Is it a combination? I don't know. But I felt so bad by the end of the phone call. I kind of had to break character and go, um, it's, it's not Paul. <laughs> and you could almost hear on the other end of the line. You could almost hear this sound going. <laughs> you, you hear his heart breaking. <laughs> oh, just I, I broke his heart. Something bad, you know. But it was fun. I have to say, it was. It was. I got plenty of McCartney practice on that phone call. That's, <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. So let me ask you: You've had such a long career. Have you ever? I had a quote unquote real job, Joel. It just sounds like you've been having fun all this time. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, it's an apt description. Uh, well, you know, this is still a real job. I know. <laughs> uh, but, but, but no, I, I know where you're going with this. No, I, I've never, I, I've never done anything but this my wow. entire life. Um, That's awesome. You know, started, um, I, I started my own business um back in the 70s so so if you want to if you want to go to the time i'm four years old fine but officially i'm in business now and i've never done anything well well along along with this nonsense other additional nonsense but it all is in kind of the same lane mm -hmm. so i'm i'm very I feel I've always felt very fortunate, very, very lucky. You know, they always, you know, parents and people always say, you know, when you grow up, do something you love. You really should do something. And, and, and it's wonderful advice. If you, if you have that opportunity to do mm -hmm. that, I heartily recommend it. But yeah, I'm, I'm a guy that it's, I, I wake up every single day of my life happy to go to work. Yeah, I'm excited. What and 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 in, and in the work I do every day, it's like snowflakes. There are no two that are, no two days that are ever alike. It's not like people who might go to the same cubicle every day and whatever. It's every day is a is a new adventure and often um, and a journey into the unknown. Right. Cue the Twilight Zone music. <laughs> <laughs> well, talk about your uh, corporate experience with companies like Toyota, Netflix, Hershey's. Is so? Is each job very unique? You'd say? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't even remember a lot of what I specifically do, have done for all at least the bigger, you know, nationally known companies that I did. Although um, for years. Um, I don't think they have it there anymore, but in, in Pennsylvania, that's where the Crayola factory actually is. And mm. if, you know, if you've ever gone to some kind of museum or something where there's, you know, a living experience, interactive type of thing, I was the voice for decades of their number one crayon 
Um, you know, so, so one minute you're doing that the next minute you might be doing, you know, for, um, for Serta, you know, mattresses or, or Toyota or what well, I, I just did, um, last week there, there's a national, uh, commercial running for on ESPN for Dodge Ram, these commercials mm. all about trucktopia. And the mm. first five, seven seconds of the audio of that commercial is little old me oh, doing nice. some sort of, you know, rough, tough terrain. Yeah. Dodge Ram, this is trucktopia. <laughs> why that voice? Because they said, could you do like a gravelly, uh, uh, most times clients don't have any idea really what they want. The direction is, is to, you know, unless you're getting it from Martin Scorsese, uh, you don't get a lot of good direction from people. Could you make them young, but kind of old? Uh, <laughs> I, I want them like, like real kind of gravelly, but very, very smooth. Okay. <laughs> what exactly do you want? So what I, what I, I, I know that this is a, um, this is just something that, you know, I think that happens everywhere. Not everybody is able to express what they want, but fortunately my temperament and my ability, I can say, let me try something on for size. Mm -hmm. So I'll throw something at them that in my mind, I think will fit the right kind of voice they're looking for for what i'm looking at what i'm reading seems to me you know you don't want peely herman you want somebody else you know <laughs> right. you, you want the deep guy right. so i'll throw that at you when they go yeah yeah that's it that's it yeah, i knew it all along anyway but okay yes okay no problem <laughs> So, do they ever like correct you and like now can you go a little deeper do they do that or they yeah. just go with your suggest yeah no 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 that you know i'm i'm perfectly open to that you know when it comes to the celebrity voices the impressions whatever you want to call them um you don't have a lot of leeway you either mm. got to sound like it or you don't right but when you're doing narration voices or straight voices it's i it's only the ear of the beholder uh, mm. quite frankly so you know a client is looking for a sound in their head and until or unless they hear it you just keep going i fortunately i have not had much of that problem you know in my career because more often than not people have searched me out and said i've heard this guy's stuff i've heard what he's done on the web or on his website or whatever he's the guy so it's like, okay you know so a little adjusting a little tweaking nothing wrong with that That's right it. right yeah so you haven't had anybody uh say hey you don't sound like that guy or anything have you had that problem at all no, you know what i've been very lucky i i haven't that that isn't to say you know I, I i have to keep my humility here that doesn't mean that i'm doing something that i think might be dead on and mm -hmm. the client might accept and think is dead on and the listener the end user might be going you know some that sucks you know everybody's a critic so it's like oh, okay you know you like it you don't like it you think it sounds like that one whatever but they paid me the check cleared so thank right. you <laughs> it doesn't really <laughs> right <laughs> do you have a favorite kind of work in this voiceover narration field like what's your favorite kind of job to get anything where i can as you said act where i can uh, do something something re even reasonably characterish you know I, I have no problem doing all the different types of narrations and straight voices i'm very happy to do that but the fun is really in the acting it's really it's it's going right back to the puppets 
you know, um, you know, talking into a mic instead of talking to my hand or talking to myself, which is really what ventriloquism is. You are talking to yourself. <laughs> I do audiobooks and things like that too. And mm. I'm, I'm like an audible.com or, you know, approved narrator or whatever you want to call it. And, uh, every day I go to my little inbox to see what books people other authors have decided they i think i'd like you to do an audition uh for my book but i usually won't do auditions for books uh, that i don't find fun i don't really want to i i don't want to spend my time reading a nine ten hour audiobook on how to install pvc pipe underground <laughs> can i do it yes will they pay me properly yes well, with the gonna... toyota voice <laughs> yeah well that's yeah well that would be different that would be different but i'm about to uh to do an audiobook it's fiction and it's about you know a lot of blood guts gore violence sex mafia mob you know it's like okay that sounds like fun. <laughs> and I and I get to do the old Dan because he is a character, you know, Don Francisco. He's oh, it's okay. That's the voice I'll do for him. And then there's there's this guy, the wise guy kind of guy that's just, you know, he's a killer. And then it's like, okay, you know, I'm I'm in the, I'm in the sandbox. I'm having fun. So awesome. Uh, yeah, I, th I think if the Sopranos ever had a cartoon version, you should definitely be hired for that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That would be cool. That would yeah, be that, that would that would be a job yeah. you would want. But right? I see. But when I went, but if that something like that ever happened, I'd be far more interested in doing, you know, Pauly and and Big Pussy and you know, with like all the all the extraneous. You know, I, I've always been, I'm, I'm kind of a film historian too. And um, I've always, and I understand why, but always been largely very taken with character actors. You know, the best support, I can always call the Oscar the best supporting actor. No problem. I know who's going to win that. I can relate you know to the characters. So, you know, when I first saw Dustin Hoffman in Midnight Cowboy, about 20 times, I think, in the theater. I was like, okay, I'm short. He's short. Uh, he's talking like this, like, that's a whistle. I got to get to Florida. You know, it's like, I can do that. Okay, great. And uh, I want to be him. And I, I didn't turn out to be him. Uh, but, but I, I, you know, appropriated, I I've done him in commercials and things right. like that. So it's like, I got to be him by living vicariously through him, but yeah, it's, it's, it's the fun stuff is the character stuff for sure. Very cool. Now, if somebody was on audible, would they be able to find the books you narrate by looking up your name or is your name is the narrator, not searchable. I, I'm not no, familiar. No, the narrator is not really searchable. Okay. Um, you know, but yeah, that's, that's a whole new thing of, of late that I've been doing. And, uh, you know, you have to, you have to balance that and go, well, this is a 10 hour book. Do I want to, how much they say it's going to take 10 hours to record this. And that's always baloney. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, it, but well, at least, at least the way I do things because I'm acting, you know, so it takes, it takes, but, I, but I'm, I'm running combo here. I'm, I'm, I'm the, I'm reading and I'm voicing and I'm acting and I'm also mousing and, and regioning and cutting and editing. And, you know, it's so it's, it's, uh, but I'm used to it. You know, it's, it's, so when you do major. a book, are you, um, are, are you doing the editing too? Mm. Or you have somebody like editing for you, you just record it. For the most part, most people who 
narrate audiobooks have some sort of home studio or remote thing or whatever. Now, there are many, many authors who like to narrate their own books. They will have to go into a studio. Mm -hmm. There, the, you, you can hand it over to an editor, but I've been working, you know, in recording software and you can see the old reel reels and all this, all this gear, uh, for like my whole life. So I'm, I, it just, it doesn't really add all that much more work quite frankly mm -hmm. you know it seems like it would but it's it's second nature you know 99.999999 percent of everything i've ever done has been me talking into a microphone looking at a screen or vu meters on a reel-to-reel -reel or whatever uh so yeah i'm, I'm used to it and i would imagine it's similar to i i edit all my own podcasts too yeah. you know when you mess up and where you got to cut it and everything sure so. That's yeah. the nice thing these days. The digital software, when you record things, uh, lets you just, you know, take a you know, chair squeak. I'll take that region out and put it back together again. And, right. You know, it's, it's wonder. I mean, I've, I've seen, well, I, I, I don't go back to the days of Marconi, but I've, I've seen a lot of changes in tech over Absolutely. the past 40, 50 years for sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Now, I don't think a lot of people can do what you do, but for young people fascinated with this type of work, maybe they have a natural gifting, as you say, what kind of advice or nugget of wisdom can you offer anyone looking to get into this field? The first thing I would say is don't give up in anything you do. Don't give up. But if you're not carving out a specialty niche, like I have been fortunate to do with all the goofy voices and whatever. But if you're going to do largely straight narration, uh, I, I don't think it can be taught. Um, also, you very well may know, I mean, you've got headphones on, so you hear for sure what your voice sounds like in your headphones. But when you don't have headphones on and you're just talking and you're projecting your voice, most people who hear their voices record and go, wait a minute, I sound like that? Really? That's like, wait, I don't, do I sound like that? So if you have a, a, a fairly objective idea of what your voice sounds like, um, there are quite a number of websites um, out there on the, on, on the net that uh, where, where for a subscription price for a year, you can put yourself out there and create your profile and it's very possible that you might get some scripts and some audition requests then it's a question of just recording everything there at home or whatever and pushing the button and sending that you know audio file to wherever it's going out into the ether and you very well may be surprised again based on the ear of the beholder quotient or corollary that uh, you, you very well could pick up some work because you never when it comes to straight narration or just regular voices, you never ever know what what somebody is looking to hear, what 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 is going to float their boat. So mm -hmm. I, I I would say anybody that wants to try it, um, give it a go. It doesn't it won't cost you a whole lot of money to give it a go, and and you could have a career on your hands for all you know. Awesome advice. Yeah, awesome advice. If people wanted to follow you online, maybe even contact you, where can they? go about doing that yeah that's um you just go right to my website and you can always send an email to me um, the website is uh, voicesbyjoel.com and that's where you know people get a chance to listen to some of the bizarre things that i've done some examples of some of some stuff uh or whatever you might call them and yeah that's that's one way of, of getting in touch for sure 
for sure. Awesome. And I'll make sure I have your uh, links in the show notes. One last impression, your choice. My choice. Let's see. You know, for many years, I've been doing Humphrey Bogart, but nobody ever asked me to do that anymore. Unless they're watching Casablanca on TCM, then all of a sudden people go, hey, Bogart, let's let's get him going. Then, of course, there's always Inspector Clouseau in the Pink Panther movies. Do you have a rim? Um, and, it go, and it goes on and on. John Lennon's dead, but, you know, we can always do him. You know, we bring him in with Paul, you know. So there's a lot of them, you know. No. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Awesome. Well, it's Thank been a pleasure, Joel. I've, I've really had a lot of fun with this podcast. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's my pleasure, Giancarlo, and, and thank you for having me. And um, I hope uh, your audience has some fun with what we did here tonight. So that was my interview with Joel Gibbs. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. All of his links will be in the show notes. Don't forget to sign up on storykingbooks.com to get your free copy of Kane's Confession. Remember, if you're interested in starting your own podcast, you can visit my website or amazon.com and for less than $5, purchase my latest ebook resource, Launch Your Podcast Like a Pro. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com forward slash the story king. All those links will be in the show notes. One more thing, if you're enjoying this podcast, please do me the favor of subscribing to it and leaving a positive review on iTunes, Spotify, or the medium of your choice. And share it with your friends and family on social media. I would greatly appreciate that. Thank you for listening to the Story King Podcast, the show all about fiction, film, and form. Please join us next time. Until then.